Hello and welcome to CX Today. Today I'm joined by Courtney from Mavanoid. Welcome to the show, Courtney. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, driving uh, cost reductions with self-service. But before we get into that conversation, Courtney, do you want to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and the business? Absolutely, yes. So my name is Courtney Goodsell and despite the name, I'm not in sales, but I'm in fact in product management and I'm a product manager here at Mavenoid. Now at Mavenoid, we are the industry experts in supporting hardware brands to optimise their customer support functions. So whether it be uh, consumer electronics and appliances or even right the way through to industrial machinery, we have an AI guided support platform which focuses on scalable self-service, meaning that our brands are free to really focus on what's important to their customers. Fantastic. So well, let's get straight into the conversation then, Courtney. Um, my first question, you know, what is effective self-service and why are so many companies falling short when it comes to their self-service solutions? Yeah, it's a really great question. And effective self-service is essentially measured by customers being able to find answers to their questions, resolve an issue or find more about their product. So, and this is all without having to reach out to a human being. And now where many companies fall short is by focusing on deflection rates rather than resolution rates. And when we think about deflection rates, this is focused primarily on internal impact. So this is measured by the number or percentage of support requests that a team avoids having to deal with. And this typically leads to solutions such as decision trees in the form of chatbots where customers are linked out to FAQ articles. And this is all with the view to essentially redirect the customer away from these human channels. Now, in this example, for the business, this is great. The customer's been deflected, but for the customer here, now they've been removed from that experience. And you know what? They might even call up the call center instead. So by focusing on deflection, this customer has now accumulated the cost of not only the chatbot, but the knowledge base and potentially the call center as well. So with resolution rates, the measure is uh, focused on the, on the ability to fully resolve a problem for a customer. So unlike deflection rates, the resolution rate incorporates the customer perspective. And then in turn, if you have a customer centric support org, they recognize that this is vital to measuring their overall support organization. Right. Okay. So in terms of optimization, you know, what, what kinds of self-service optimization are going to have the biggest impact then on, on customer experience? Yeah. So some of this will depend on the type of product and queries the type of brand receives. And at Mavenoid, for example, as I mentioned previously, is that we focus on hardware products. So with hardware products, we focus on troubleshooting, which is often considered the more complex aspect to solve in self-service. So not your typical standard FAQ questions. And now the low hanging fruit for optimization here is on understanding how customers actually go about troubleshooting, right? So they don't want to be spending time reading through thousand page manuals and more often than not, they don't really know what solution they're actually looking for. So here we offer a guided and personalized experience and we like to use a doctor analogy to describe how this works. So I have a patient and they go into a doctor's surgery complaining about a pain in their elbow. And now the doctor, with the years of knowledge and expertise in the medical field, is able to understand and deduce the root cause of that issue. And by such, they're able to propose the best solution or prescribe the best medication to solve that problem. 
And this is exactly what happens when we're looking at Mavenoid and how it looks to solve customer queries. So a customer comes in and explains their issue about their product in their own words. And with our natural language understanding, i.e. the doctor in this scenario has years of expertise and understanding of the hardware industry. They're able to understand the customer, follow up with the series of questions to understand the root cause <clears throat> and then present the solution. And if that solution hasn't tried, select the next probable solution. So we're taking away the customer having to navigate through these FAQ pages, thousand page articles for information that may or may not even be relevant to them. So with Mavenoid, it stands for expert-like, and we're becoming the expert in this scenario. And for a lot of our brands, typically you'll find, and I'm sure you've had this before, that a lot of brands have IoT embedded in their strategy now in terms of connectivity. So we look for the next step. So what are those things that agents are manually having to put effort into? So for example, we work um, a lot within the micromobility industry and the micromobility, if you think of those scooters that you see to get from to and from work or um, just out on a summer's evening, a lot of the problems around about 40% for micromobility industry <clears throat> of these queries are where customers aren't able to end their ride. So they go through to customer support and the agent asks, have you parked in the right area? Have you tried moving the scooter around? All these repetitive questions. And then by the end of it, the agent deduces they need to manually end that ride from their end. So now paired with the expert-like series of questions and then connectivity with Mavenoid, that customer can now manually end that ride within that troubleshooting process. So before, where the customer had to go through all those questions, the agent to end, all of this has been moved to self-service. The customer has resolved their query quicker. And of course, the, uh, the organization has benefited from one less customer coming through to them. Yeah, I mean, clearly, when it's uh, when it's, this is implemented correctly, this this can be you know a bit of a game changer for for those types of organisations uh, you mentioned. I, I do want to talk about the implementation though as well, um, and what kind of challenges you're seeing you know businesses needing to overcome to get the sort of the the best uh, outcome, if you like, when it comes to self service. Yeah, so there are a number of hurdles or things that we kind of trip ourselves over. So for these organizations, I say the first thing would probably be that they come in with either the wrong strategy or no strategy at all. So they go in blind and with this view to implement self-service and essentially guess what to automate based on a gut feeling rather than data. And more often than not, it may be that they feel they don't have this data or they're just overwhelmed by the amount of data that they have. And with this, it means that they don't make efforts to streamline their journey and they just add self-service at random steps for that customer, which means that we're not really resolving 100% of their issues and nor does it offer a great experience. So that's the first thing, so with strategy. Then the second thing would be the wrong balance of investment. So that's looking at whether they look at automating too much or they're automating too little. So if we're looking at hardware specifically, typically covering the top 10 or 20 issues, won't actually make a huge difference. In retail, perhaps that would be. Yet this is meant what many of the chatbot vendors offer because they're not scalable enough to cover those hundreds or even thousands of product SKUs. Then alternatively, they try to automate everything and achieve 100% coverage all at once, which also doesn't make sense from an ROI perspective. So when you're looking at 100% coverage, this often takes two to three quarters to launch. And eventually you're looking at a long lead time to even see any of the results and see if any of the changes have actually made any impact.
So the first thing would be around um, implementing wrong or disjointed tools. And this is kind of led from the previous statements of uh, lack of strategy. So it's where they choose conversational AI platforms where a lot of engineering investment is required and they underestimate the effort it takes to launch and maintain those tools. So you have a long lead time and then once you've implemented it, in fact, it becomes nigh on impossible to actually maintain those tools in the first place. And that leads to the next thing of launching in forget. So they spend all this effort in and what do we get from it? And the final thing would be, and it's quite tightly linked, is around the internal support and training that is provided throughout this launch. So they fail to promote the new service, new self-service tools internally as well as externally. So how are we driving customers to this tool and how are we driving our internal users to improve upon this tool over time? I mean, so it's a it's a fascinating like uh, j journey. This this implementation. Um, what I do want to talk about is uh, the title of this session is uh, driving cost reductions. Uh, let's talk about that. You know, is self service all about um, driving those cost reductions, or you know, is it is it more than that? What what, do you, what are your thoughts? It is more than that. And I guess the biggest benefit to the business is the ability to shift the focus onto the needle moving stuff. So a lot of companies that have average to poor self-service are often paralyzed and frustrated by the sheer volumes of tickets, chats, calls that they have to go through. And now there are innovators amongst these teams, but it's often hard to see that kind of light at the end of the tunnel where you're battling low morale, high agent turnover, and then ultimately focusing on times and volumes rather than outcomes. So implementing effective self-service ultimately improves the efficiency of the support org. So it's automating those repetitive tasks. It's freeing up agents to handle more complex or high priority issues, which allows that business to serve more customers in less time. And this, of course, then with great systems in place, teams can collect valuable data on their customers, whether it be their behavior, their preferences or their pain points. And this data, again, can be used to improve those products and services as well, optimize the journeys, uh, the customer journeys, whether that be through onboarding or whether that be through post sales. And this has been true for the case of a customer of ours named Positech, who were able to see the impact of this pretty imminently. So they rolled out self-service for around 20 products in under six weeks. And now during the six weeks, they were able to reduce live support volume by a pretty impressive amount of around 60%. So this has now allowed them to focus on optimizing not only the remaining volume, but also introducing more kind of customer experience, improving elements, of those existing um, channels. Fantastic. Well, you've mentioned quite a lot of uh, use cases throughout our conversation. Um, one, one just there as well. I'm, I really want to get into um, these, the most effective uh, self-service sort of use cases you're seeing and uh, where they've had like the really, the really big impact um, sort of stories and, and why um, those particular solutions had a, had a big impact. Yeah, so not necessarily in one use case, but we could break it down into the customer journey. So when we break this down, we can look into the purchase stage, the onboarding stage, and as well as the post-sales stage of this customer journey. So looking at pre-sales, 
They can be particularly effective when we're helping customers find information about a product to make informed purchasing decisions. And this, of course, helps self-service later on down the line, or at least help customer support orgs further down the line by the customer understanding what they're actually buying into. So examples of this could be used for product comparison tools, which help customers narrow down their options and make that more confident decision. Integrated with e-commerce tools, whether it be Shopify or Magento, it streamlines that process then to allow the customer to easily add that product to that cart. And then keeping in with the cart example, we have another thing of when you have purchasing or when a customer goes to the checkout, they may encounter some errors whilst they're doing so. I think we've all done it when we've put a discount code in and it's errored or I try to check out and it's errored. Well, how about we introduce self-service here of how do we utilize that information to make sure that we're present at that point within the customer journey? And this is true when we're looking at onboarding as well. So when a customer is has received their product, they're first starting to use it, this is when they're most engaged. So how do we optimize this experience and how, have a positive associating association, not only with the product, but with the service that they're being provided as well? So for example, directing customers to easy to navigate guides, which could be sent upon delivery, which will direct the customer not only to how to install their product, but also a case that will benefit the business. So when looking at hardware, you have product registrations and product registrations are a core part for hardware businesses because it helps them understand not only their products, but also the customers who are owning them. So here, keeping this streamlined again within one point within the customer journey, we can not only enhance the customer's experience, but also the brand's experience. Then post-sales support, of course, we've covered this um, in the previous questions, but there are two key areas where we see the biggest impact, which is with troubleshooting as well as returns and refunds. So with troubleshooting, customers may have technical issues with a product or a service, and this could be for installation, connectivity issues, or any kind of configuration. And a cool use case here that one of our customers have implemented is around that proactive post-sales support. So whereby if a brand has a connected app to a product, this often tells a customer around an error code and typically this will come up and it'll say error code 10. And then the customer's like, cool, error, co error code 10, what does this mean? I'm going to go ahead and Google the result. But what our customer has actually done here is upon uh, showcasing the error code to the customer, they've also presented the potential solution as well. So here we've reduced the need for the customer to reach out to the support team, even in the first place. So again, introducing that proactiveness. And then I guess the final thing um, would be with returns and refunds, which is a common thing with all e-commerce. But customers may have questions about the return or refund process, which are pretty simple questions. But way that we can integrate here is an example of automating those refunds for small amounts. So we have one customer that would typically come through to an agent and the agent, if it's under a certain amount, they'd auto refund that customer. Here we can bring that logic into self-service and automate that process without the customer going through to the agent in the first place. On top of that, related to refunds is probably returns, sorry. And this is where a lot of our customers have a massive pain point. And with one of our customers, Jabba, as an example, they introduce uh, automation of uh, submitting warranty claims, which reduce their time spent on warranty claims by 40%, which is pretty impactful for that team. Wow, it is, yeah. I mean, Courtney, there's so much insight you've given us um, during this conversation. There'll be so many people watching uh, today thinking, 
know, where do I start my journey? You know, where do I begin this? What are your top tips for these people watching? You know, how how to really either improve what they've already got in place, or or maybe just start, um, you know, their self service journey. Yeah, there's a few things that we can touch on. And ultimately, it's a focus on the customer and ensuring that the self-service options are user-friendly, they're comprehensive, and they're easy to access. But most importantly, looks to truly resolve that query in the first place. Remember, we're looking to resolve a query and not just deflect them. So to do this, we have to firstly review the end-to-end journey of that customer and add self-service to the most critical points within that journey. So we spoke about this on pre-sales, on onboarding, on post-sales support, and even connectivity within the device itself. The second thing would be to run an impact analysis, which would also inform the first point. So here we're looking to identify, firstly, the most common and most frequent issues. Secondly, those that cost the business or even the customer a lot of time or effort or money. And the third would just be those that we can and should be self-served. So looking to prioritize those elements. Third thing, so the biggest problem or the biggest hurdle that a lot of uh, our customers have when they come through to us is this concern around managing the content. How do I move all of this content? So maximize the usage of your existing content. So use smart tooling such as AI auto generation, uh, content management syncs, retrieval from your existing PDF documents and manuals as an example. And here we have a starting point, which means we have a lot of coverage, but then we have an opportunity to add more depth and breadth to those most critical and popular scenarios. And we can see that through data. Then on the theme of, I guess, the creation and the management of this tool is looking for the use of no code solutions. So typically we have solutions that go out and they say I'm great on the surface, but involves an engineering team to be involved in that. And this means that it takes a lot of effort internally. It costs more to get into expertise for that particular product. And then ultimately it means that it will be shelved. It won't be maintained and ultimately a project that would be abandoned. So here, what you want to do is look for tools that provide you with options um, to prioritize improvements, but also those that allow you to easily implement those improvements, right? And then the final thing that I would say is to ask the vendor that you're going for about their training and onboarding. So looking at how much support you're gonna get, understanding how much they know about your industry and the problems that you're experiencing. And not only that, you need to be able to understand how to utilize the product. So ensuring that it's easier to use. And with Mavenoid as an example, we have two key areas. So we have our Mavenoid Academy for our existing customers, but also we have our product support community, which we have an active Slack channel on. And here we hold Ask Me Anything, we discuss latest trends and essentially provide a space for our customers to talk with each other, share insights, and also just to get the best in uh, the best practices from people around them. So overall, my top tips would just ultimately to focus on the customer and then ultimately look at tools that's going to help you scale over time and improve your customer satisfaction over time. So Courtney, unfortunately, that is all we have time for. Uh, thank you so much for joining me and sharing some of your insights. David, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you for watching. You've been watching me, David Dungate, on CX Today. If you like today's conversation, please give us a like and a share on social media. That's it from me. See you next time.